Well, hey there, fellow sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we discuss a new reimagined Wizard of Oz and It's a Wonderful Life. And by reimagined, I mean diverse. And by diverse, I mean black. I'm Pastor Shane, I'll be your recycler today as we appropriate some culture. So appearing on Jimmy Fallon, writer-slash-director-slash-hack Kenny Barris unveiled the new Wizard of Oz that's in the works. Kenny Barris, welcome back to the Tonight Show. Uh, thanks for being here. I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about you people. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. Eddie, congratulations. Eddie oh, Murphy, thanks. Jonah Hill, it's great. I want to get into all that. But first, you were telling me about a movie you're doing now backstage. You're working on a new film. Yes. And can we talk about this? Yeah, let's talk about it's it. A, it's kind of a reimagining of The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. That's a big thing. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> how did you end up there, and, and, and how are you um, going to do this? Toby Emmerich, who was running Warner Brothers at the time, that was his favorite movie. And I gave him my pitch of, like, I think the, the, the Wizard of Oz back in the day was, like, it turned a mirror. It was like the Dust Bowl, Great Depression era. Yeah. And it turned a mirror on, like, society. That's what it was about. It was, like, talking about self-reliance and things like that. I think that this is the best time to turn a mirror on society because we need to see ourselves, and I was like, I want to do it with diverse characters, and I really want to sort of, you know, she lived, the character lives in Inglewood, and something comes up, and she ends up in Underhood, which is right outside <laughs> side of, of Oz, and, and it takes place from there, and I'm doing it with these guys, 1500 or nothing, like, um, amazing musicians, and but we're writing it with the, the music as I'm writing, because I feel like it's the only movie where each song tells you what's about to happen. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. And I saw yeah, we're so literally part. like hearing, like I didn't realize how melodic Somewhere Over the Rainbow was. That that you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like they're giving me different motifs. And I, I've never, it's Have you all, ever written like that before? Um, no, but I actually worked with your guys and we did an amazing Juneteenth musical. And I realized like it was, um, it was something I wanted to do. Very exciting. A big deal, as they say. Finally, a Wizard of Oz with a diverse cast. It's about time, if that time were 1978, which is when The Wiz was released. If you don't remember The Wiz, here's the IMDb description. An adaptation of The Wizard of Oz that tries to capture the essence of the African-American experience. So basically, his pitch is a reimagining of a reimagining, which ironically is less imaginative than doing something original. But Barris also has his sights set on ethical classic films, here's an article from The Blaze outlining his bold reimagining of It's a Wonderful Life. The director will also take on a reboot of the 1946 Christmas classic It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart. Barris explained that the movie's plot is a perfect story to be portrayed by an actor who has black or brown skin. I feel like Christmas movies are amazing, and I think the idea of taking something that has that long of a history and a tale behind it and putting an amazing piece of talent to tell that story, Barris explained, it's a guy who's trying to help out his community and things are going to turn around on him. I think that's the perfect story to tell for a person of color, black or brown, to get into that because our communities have some issues and someone trying to help that community out. I think that's the perfect vehicle to tell that story. Now look, there's nothing new here. Reboots and reimaginings have been prevalent in Hollywood for decades. You know how many versions of A Star is Born we have? Five. 2018, 1976, 1954, 1937, and the 1932 version that started them all. What price, Hollywood? What price indeed? 
The Wizard of Oz itself has had multiple renditions. Before the classic 1939 version, there was a 15-minute short film of The Wizard of Oz in 1910. There was a 1914 film called The Patchwork Girl of Oz, and a 1933 animated Wizard of Oz. Not to mention spin-offs like Oz the Great and Powerful, which is a story that centers on the titular character of the Wizard of Oz, or the musical Wicked, which centers on the witch. Hollywood has, from the beginning, demonstrated that it will continue to go back to an IP well until it's completely drained dry. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but one of the biggest reasons is marketing. Recognizable IP is already doing most of the heavy lifting, and it feeds into human psychology. Human beings have a tendency to gravitate to the familiar, to the comfortable, to the known. And we see that in various markets. Restaurant chains, for instance, have much higher success rates than independent restaurants. If you're going out to eat, do you try something new, which could be good, but could also be bad? Or do you stick with what you know you like? A lot of people gravitate toward the familiar and can take comfort in brand recognition. And the same thing is true in the film industry. When I was in film school, we joked that all of our films were Matrix films because the Matrix is a simulation of the world, and so theoretically any story could be taking place in the Matrix. Like my upcoming film, The Matrix, No Greater, Profit, and a Cease and Desist. But Hollywood won't desist with their reboots, remakes, and reimaginings if there's a market. So a couple of things in regards to remakes. One, if you're annoyed by these remakes and you want more original content, then don't go see these movies, because that which gets rewarded gets repeated. Make it a point to be more adventurous in your movie going. Two, keep in mind that remakes don't ruin the originals. These rehashes might be annoying, might be uninspiring, but they don't actually harm the originals. Sequels are actually more harmful in that way because sequels can contextualize or modify the original in horrible ways. You can ruin characters, you can ruin relationships, you can ruin themes by continuing the story. But a remake is not a continuation. If you like the 1946 It's a Wonderful Life, a 2026 version won't change a single frame of the classic. Number three. Remakes can actually be good films. Sometimes remakes can even be better films than the original. It's rare, but I think it does happen. I think John Carpenter's The Thing is a much better film than the 1951 The Thing from Another World. And you've got Mail as a fine companion to the shop around the corner. So it's possible The New Wizard of Oz or It's a Wonderful Life are good films. Though admittedly, I am quite skeptical because the pitch seems to be operating under the modern view that films are bettered by a skin swap. And that's right in line with the ideology of wokeism, which has nothing interesting to offer, nothing edifying to say, and no insights. It's a simple and, frankly, a rather idiotic formula. Make George Bailey black. Make Clarence gay. Make Zuzu a trans kid that goes by Z-Zim and hold for applause because it's the year such and such and some people need to be seen. Now, I'm more in favor of original material. But if it were up to me and we were remaking films in our library, I would turn to the films that weren't successful or beloved but could be. Now, that obviously doesn't work too well with marketing, but there are films that are good ideas or good concepts but failed in execution. Those films are really best suited for a do-over. But instead, they take the successful films, the beloved films, and remake them, only worse. And to that I say, good. Good. If we're not already there, we are quickly approaching rock bottom in Hollywood products, and that is an advantage to anyone producing outside of Hollywood. Even if we wanted to be lazy, even if we wanted to just be a cynical cash grab, we don't have the movie libraries to do it. 
Our only option is to make good original content, and the more we do that, and the better that we do that, the more we'll shape and stand out in a marketplace that's just regurgitating and reimagining the reimagining of their reimaginings. All right, that'll do for today. If you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, tell a friend, and if you have any affection for me at all, buy my latest book, Six Rounds for the Witching Hour. Links to that are in the show notes. You don't have to read it, just buy it. You can also follow me on the major socials, join my author's Facebook page, and I'll see you next time for more Appropriate in the Culture. <laughs>